The Productive Woman, Episode 446. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, we're going to finish up our little mini series about the GTD method and talk about some of the tools we can use to implement the method and get stuff done. You'll find more information and links to some resources that I mentioned in the show, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 446. So a few weeks ago in episode 440, I started this series or mini series on David Allen's Getting Things Done Productivity Methodology with a brief overview of the approach. Then in episode 441, I did a little more detailed review of the first step in the GTD system, capture. Then in episode 443, I looked a little more closely at the next two steps, which are clarify and organize. And last week in episode 445, we discussed the reflect and review step. All of these steps are important, regardless of what system or approach you use, whether you're intentionally using the GTD methodology or you're using a system that you've developed for yourself. All of these steps really are part of any productivity system. They are not the purpose of the GTD or any other productivity methodology. The purpose is in the name. It's in getting things done. That's why the last step is what the GTD methodology calls engage. It's about actually doing the things. If we do all the other steps but never get the stuff done, then our system has failed us or we have failed our system. So this week, we're going to look at some of the tools that we can use to do all these steps, to capture all that information, to clarify and organize it, to reflect and review and revamp as needed and ultimately to get to engagement and to getting the things done that are important to our lives. As I had mentioned in past episodes, I'm going to incorporate some of the feedback that I've received from members of the Productive Woman community and a lot of great ideas here. A warning up front, this is not going to be a comprehensive list of all the possible tools you could use that episode would take days um, because there are so many different options. But what I want to do is talk a little bit about things we should think about when we're choosing our productivity tools and then maybe look at a few recommendations. So for a tool to be useful in implementing the GTD system or any productivity approach, it needs to have certain characteristics. One thing I think is important is it has to have a way to track projects separately from tasks. We've talked in the past and David Allen talks in his materials about the fact that a project is something that takes more than one step. There's more than one task involved. A task is something you can do kind of in a moment in time and with one set of tools in one location kind of thing. Projects have many tasks involved and you need to track those 
separately from tasks. You need to be able to, in your tool or your approach, to break down projects into their component tasks and identify next steps that will then be added to your daily task list. So any tool that's going to be useful in productivity, whether it's GTD or something else, needs to have that element. It also needs to allow you to identify or view your tasks by context. And a context might be where it needs to be done, a location, or it might be who else needs to be involved. There are lots of different ways to define and and describe contexts, but a good, useful productivity tool particularly if you're trying to implement the GTD system, needs to allow you to see your tasks by context because that allows you to batch the tasks more efficiently. So if one context is, you know, errands, then you need to be able to see all your errands and nothing else. If one context is uh, at the office, you know, say you go to an outside office and you need to be able to see everything that you can do or need to do while you're at the office and nothing else. And a really good GTD tool will allow you to do that. Probably one of the most important elements or characteristics of a good productivity tool is it's got to be available to you wherever you need it to be. And finally, I believe it needs to be as simple as possible, but as robust as you need it to be, depending on how complex your life is. And we're all in different stages of our life. We all have different demands on our time and our energy and our attention. And the tools we choose should reflect the uniqueness of our life, I guess. For someone who is in a a stage of life where maybe they're not working full time and spend a lot of time at home or in a certain location and they don't have a lot of projects going on, a tool can be as simple as a piece of paper. For those who have multiple roles with lots of things going on, they're going to need something more robust than that. So that's what I'm talking about. It it needs to be as simple as possible so that it can be implemented without a lot of brain damage, but as robust as you need it to be to do what you need it to do. On the GTD website itself, they actually have a page that lists common tools and software that they see their clients using. And the biggest part of that page lists what they refer to as list managers, which, you know, as I looked at it, I thought it made a lot of sense because so much of the GTD methodology revolves around organizing and viewing the information you capture into various lists. Before apps were a thing, they literally were separate paper lists for different kinds of things. Now, We can tag things, as I was talking about before, being able to see things by context, by due date, by different things. So on this website page, they have a list of different tools and software that people use for these sorts of things. And we'll put a link to that page in the show notes because there's a lot of good information there and a lot of suggestions. So for instance, they've developed their own organizer that is built on the GTD methodology and it's sold on the website as an editable PDF download for $29. And they say you can either use it electronically, say download it onto your computer or your iPad or whatever and use it in a PDF manager like Adobe or 
uh, one of the other kinds of, of PDF managers and write on it, say, with a with an Apple Pencil or something like that. Or you can print it out and punch holes in it and use it as a paper organizer. I haven't used this, but it looks like a great possibility for those who prefer a paper planner because it has uh, pages for all the kinds of things that you would want to do using the GTD methodology. And the other thing I wanted to say about the GTD website is they also offer guidebooks for implementing GTD in various digital task managers, including several that I'm going to mention later on in this episode. These guides are $10 each and they're offered as immediate PDF downloads. So that might be a really good resource if you're looking for ways to implement uh, GTD in the digital task manager that you're currently using. All right, so those things aside, let's talk about the various kinds of tools that we can use for the different steps of the GTD methodology. And the first one, of course, is capture. And probably it's the gateway task. It's the gateway step in the GTD method. And probably the most important features needed in a capture tool are ubiquity and what I call frictionlessness. There's probably a better word than that, but that's that's the word I made up to describe. It's got to be, so ubiquity means it's got to be with you whenever and wherever you need it. And frictionlessness means it's got to offer as little resistance as possible to use because if there's too much friction, we won't use it. No matter what system or approach or tools we use for capturing information or for managing our to-dos and our commitments and the information, it only works if you get everything into it. So you want as little friction as possible. You want it to be really, really easy to get the stuff into it so you don't find yourself saying, I'll I'll do it later. I'll, I'll put it in there later. You want it to be something you can do just immediately when something comes to mind. And so the simplest tool for this probably is paper, something as low tech as a small notebook or even three by five cards that you can keep in your pocket, in your purse, in the diaper bag or wherever and pull out to jot down anything you want to remember and get into your system. Remember, that's what the capture step is about. It's whenever an idea comes to you that you want to remember or a task that you need to do or an appointment you need to uh, remember, you capture it right away. You get it into the system. And paper can be a really simple way to do that. Um, Any idea, a phone number, an appointment date, a piece of information you want to remember, a question you want to get answered, any of those sorts of things you can capture very quickly on paper if you've got that with you. And one of our community members, um, Elizabeth, commented on this. That's what she uses. Elizabeth is in France and she says that to capture information, I've got a sheet of paper. Every day I put all meetings in my digital agenda, often shared with my husband, she says, if needed on the wall family calendar. If it's actions to be done, I put it on my to-do list or in my paper agenda if there's a deadline. And so she uses paper. Lots of people do. There are lots of different kinds of paper planners. If you want to go some, you know, a little more 
fancy than just a small notebook or or three by five cards. You can have a planner as long as you're carrying it with you. And that's a great way to capture things. Jody from Canberra, Australia says she notes that um, David Allen talks about the importance of writing each thing down on a separate piece of paper during the capture phase. And she's right. That's something that David Allen talks about. He's he's really big on that, especially in the early editions of the book before uh, digital apps were a thing. He would recommend having a separate piece of paper for each idea or piece of information or whatever. And Jody uses this. She says, I use this on speech cards, each and everything on a separate piece of card. And she says, it's been a game changer. So simple. And when I look at the card, there's just one task to focus on. And it is a poignant reminder to work on one task at a time. And she says she keeps the cards in kitchen drawers, her home office and at her workplace. So that's a really great way to do that capture, to have a set of cards three by five cards or whatever that you can write just one task, one idea, one piece of information on, put it into your inbox, so to speak, and have it ready for the next steps of clarifying and organizing. So paper is a great way to do the capture step. A well-designed app can serve the same purpose if you always have your tech with you, your phone, for instance, or an iPad or whatever you use for your apps. Um, Because an app, say with your phone or something, can actually let you add information one-handed or even hands-free in some cases. So the GTD website includes Evernote in its list of capture tools that work well with GTD. And Evernote is available on the web and as apps for various platforms for individual use and for teams. And it syncs across all the different platforms that it's on. Evernote is a great tool for note-taking, for managing reference materials, because you can save documents into Evernote in various formats, PDFs and so on. And you can create to-do lists in uh, Evernote. Uh, I believe the GTD website includes a guidebook for Evernote, how to use it with the GTD system, and we'll have a, a link for that. Microsoft OneNote is another option for capture and is included in that Microsoft suite of software that so many companies provide to their employees. It integrates with Outlook so you can, you know, send an email from Outlook or or create a, a note or a task or something from Outlook into OneNote. One listener from New York makes very good use of the Microsoft suite for capturing and for managing stuff. And she describes how she uses it in her voice message. Hi, this is Aneka from New York. So in terms of tools I use professionally, it's mostly the Microsoft Office suite since I'm beholden to that at work using Outlook tasks to manage uh, tracking tasks and to-dos and OneNote for tracking meeting notes, uh, things I want to remember, uh, et cetera. And personally, I use actually Microsoft Office as well, OneNote for tracking, you know, Bible studies, recipes, um, book notes, uh, planning travel. Um, OneNote is definitely gives a lot of use in my in my home. And um, also Google Keep for also that quick capture of 
grocery list or um, things of that nature, or like, you know, a website I want to go back and visit. So uh, those are the highlights in terms of uh, tools I use. And actually, personally, I use, uh, for my personal to-dos, I use an app called TickTick uh, to track my um, non-work-related test list and can save templates to do my weekly review. Reshma, another member of the Productive Woman community, comments, I am an Apple fan. On my Apple Watch, I have it set up so the top right-hand corner of my Apple Watch home screen, when pressed, takes me directly to the Apple Voice Memos app. Throughout the day, as things occur to me, I make voice memos, which means I don't have to carry anything with me, not even my phone. At the end of each day, I listen to them all, either on my phone, watch, or iPad, either dealing with them immediately or adding to my weekly review. It's been a game changer for me. And I love that idea because so if you're in the Apple ecosystem, you're using Apple tools and you have an Apple watch, you can, as you know, customize the the homepage, I guess, the home screen of your Apple watch to have different apps. And so what Reshma, and I if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, please forgive me. Uh, what she's saying is she's got an icon on her the home screen of her watch that she can tap and just record a voice memo right in there of an appointment she needs to make or a piece of information she wants to remember or a task she needs to do or whatever it might be. And then at the end of the day, she does kind of a quick daily review, listens to them and puts them where they need to be. So that's kind of where it goes from the, the very simple capture phase. Um, and I love this approach and I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to give this a try for myself, but it, then it can move quickly into the clarify and organize stage. I do a similar thing with my Apple watch for things that need to be added to the grocery list while I'm cooking. I can, you know, if I'm, in the middle of cooking something and I realize, oh, I need to add, you know, whatever it might be to the grocery list, I can just raise my wrist and, and add it right there. So using an Apple watch, I'm guessing you can do it with other smartwatches, a similar kind of thing as a capture tool can be a great way to do that and very effective. If you are on the Android system and have Echo devices in your home, you can add things to lists by triggering your Echo device. I'm not going to say the word because if I do, the one in my office will, will want to talk to me. But that's another great way to capture hands-free even. One advantage of using an app to capture information is you don't have to rewrite or re-enter the information in order to complete the next steps of clarify, organize, and review. So if you have a lot of stuff, a lot of tasks, a lot of appointments, a lot of information coming in, managing it electronically is likely to be uh, more efficient than doing it on paper where, you know, if you've got a lot of things that need to be moved from, from where you captured it into other lists or other sources. Some of the good options that I can mention for capture and for the other phases of the methodology would be Todoist, uh, which is a great task management app. And there is a free version that you can start with if you want to try it out. And then you can upgrade for $48 a year to have more functionality. They also have a Teams version if you want to be able to use it with 
your, say, your work colleagues or even your family. It's a little pricey, but it might be worth it if it's the right tool for you. Uh, at least as of the date that I'm recording this, the cost for the Teams version is $72 per user per year. And the GTD website does offer a guide for using Todoist to implement their methodology. Another good option might be something like Microsoft To Do. It's included in the Microsoft software suite that many businesses provide to their employees. It integrates with Outlook if that's your email program. So it's another way if that Microsoft suite is what you use at work, the to-do component of that suite may be something worth looking at for you. And the GTD website does offer one of those guides on how to implement GTD using Microsoft to-do and the other, the other elements of that uh, office suite. So those are some ideas for capturing. The next step, of course, is to clarify and organize the information that you have captured. And all the tools that I've mentioned before already can, can be used for these steps. There are others that were recommended by a couple of listeners. Shannon, in an email, said, I really like Nirvana GTD, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that one. This is one I had not heard of before, but Shannon says, I like that I can separate my areas for work and personal and then break things down even further using the GTD system. She says it's a great tool. And looking into it, as I said, I haven't heard of this one before, but uh, several articles that I looked at recommend it. Looks like there's a free version that you can check out if you want to try this one, or you can upgrade to Nirvana Pro for more functionality for $36 a year as of the date that I was preparing this episode. And it's available for Mac, for Windows, for iOS, for Android, and on the web. So looks like a really good possibility if you're looking to try something different. And as I mentioned before, GTD offers a guide for using Nirvana with the GTD methodology. And for this one, just as for all the others that these guides cover, the guide explains how to configure Nirvana in a way that works best for GTD, how to create a project list, next actions, waiting for, and someday maybe lists in Nirvana, how to use tags effectively, and much more. And like the others, this one is available as an immediate PDF download for $10. So it might be worth investing the $10 to get some good advice directly from the GTD organization, from David Allen's organization on how to use this tool or whichever other one you're trying. Um, Carrie recommends another one. She's another listener who sent an email and she said she uses things. And this is another app. This is one I've heard of and I have played with a little bit and really liked. Uh, Carrie says, Things has similar functionality to other programs, but is not a subscription service. So once you buy it, you have access. Uh, she says, I like how I can organize tasks by project, easily arrange it in different ways, and easily duplicate lists. For instance, she says, I have a subcategory I label lists to copy. Then I can duplicate the list, change the name of the list, and add dates as needed. So it allows me to have checklists within my task manager very easily. And this really is a very good app. I'll mention the one I've been using for a long time, but I have, have considered switching to things just because it's a really good app. And I like the fact that it's not a subscription service. 
It's available only on Apple devices, as far as I can tell, though. So Mac, iPhone, Apple Watch, and iPad, and GTD website does have one of those $10 guides to implementing GTD using things. Uh, now, for myself, I've used OmniFocus for years, and I've talked about it in the past. This is another one that's only available on Apple devices, so for Mac and iOS. And they offer a 14-day free trial, and then it's available either by subscription or a one-off purchase. And GTD, on their website, they also have one of the $10 guides for using OmniFocus with the GTD methodology. Uh, it's a very robust tool that can help you manage lots of different projects and lots of different tasks and view them pretty much any way you want to by different contexts. So definitely worth checking out any of these. There are so many others that I could have talked about, but uh, again, I don't want this to be a, a three-day-long episode, so I'm going to link to some other resources that do a, a more reviews of different kinds of apps. So any of the apps can help you with the clarify and organize step of GTD in terms of seeing the tasks in the way you need to see them and checking them off as you get them. Most of them allow you to set due dates and to search things by due date. So that's another great element of these tools. As far as the reflect and review approach, any of the apps I've mentioned can support a regular reflect and review process like we discussed in episode 445. And of course, you can do this with a paper planner or notebook list system as well. The most important key to an effective reflect and review process is simply consistency, no matter what tool you use. If you cultivate the habit of doing it regularly, it can be done effectively and efficiently and help you stay on top of what needs to be done when. Uh, one article that I read and I, that I will link to in the show notes suggests for the review and reflect step that we use a tool like Notion or Airtable to create kind of a framework for doing our review, maybe a checklist that you can pull up every time to make sure you your review is thorough and complete. And they actually share in this article that I'll link to a template that you can import into Notion for that purpose. So if you have used Notion or are using it for information management and, and all the various things that Notion can do, uh, you can import this template and use that to create your framework for getting your regular review process done. As I mentioned, I could not possibly do an episode that reviews or even describes or names all the possible tools available for managing the information, the commitments, and the tasks we deal with. I have included in the show notes for this episode links to several articles that purport to list and describe some of the, what they call the best options for implementing GTD. And so I encourage you to check out those articles if you're looking for a new tool. I didn't talk really in this episode about calendars. There are lots of different calendars that both paper and digital that we can use for managing our um, 
you know, our commitments, our appointments and those sorts of things. And we've talked about those in past episodes. We will talk about it again in a future episode, go kind of into more depth of managing our calendar. And I'll try to remember to put links to episodes where we've talked about that in the past, if you want more information about that. The truth is, I don't believe there is any tool that is best or right for everyone. So much depends on your life, the stage of life you're in, your personality, your tech preferences, and more like that. As I've said before, the best productivity tool is the one you'll use. So my hope is in this kind of quick look at some of the tools, I can give you some ideas of things to think about as you evaluate the tools that you're using now or the ones that are out there if you want to change the approach that you're using or the tools that you're using now. But the most important thing to remember is just whatever tool you choose to use it consistently, intentionally, and purposefully, because that's how you will actually get to the point where you get things done, which is the important part of of helping you to make a life that matters. I'd love to know what you think. What did I forget? Are there any favorite tools that you use that we didn't talk about? If you have other ideas that I didn't mention here or questions that you'd like me to look into and, and elaborate on more, I'd love it if you'd share those with the rest of us. You can do that in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 446, or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you are a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, you can certainly post your comments or questions there. Let's share tools with each other, ideas, what works, what you're struggling with, what questions you have, and let's help each other out. We can certainly do that there. If you're not a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group and you are a woman who listens to this podcast, we'd love to have you there to be a part of that community and part of the discussions that happen there. There'll be a link in the show notes if you want to visit that and and ask to join. Or you can find the Productive Woman Community Facebook group just by searching on Facebook. This is a private group uh, so that anybody can find it, but only the people who are in the group can see who's in the group and what we're talking about there. And so if you want to be a part of that, find the group, uh, click the join button, be sure to answer the questions, especially if your profile photo is not a picture of you, if it's, you know, something else. I'm not trying to get into your business, but I'm very protective of this group. And I want to know that the, the people who join the group, the women who join this group are really there to be a part of the community and not to sell something or to just troll people. And so if you have any questions, you can email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Let me know you want to be a part of the group and I will uh, welcome you in. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope 
you felt like it was time well spent and you found something in it that's helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. <laughs>